Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Okay, I have a question unprompted for you, Caroline. Uh, which I think this is, I would like to be on record yeah. saying this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This, for those of you who don't know our relationship, this is not Caroline's favorite thing that I do. It's an ill-advised throw. It's an ill-advised <laughs> throw for the Rudolph the Red Zone Reindeer participants. That's on your bingo card, <laughs> ill-advised throw. Uh, but it's going to end up as a back shoulder pass, which is a good thing. Uh, You've lost me. I, I will do one <laughs> sports ball reference per episode and you're already okay. over your quota. Does our... Okay, you know okay. Where, you know where we are in the stand mixer, the, the yeah. whole debacle. If if those of you have been listening to every episode meticulously, I bake bread, I make cookies. I could use a stand mixer in our house, like a KitchenAid or whatever. Have you brought me here live to this podcast to try to on air convince me to, to have you buy a stand mixer? Absolutely not. That's I have a separate product. Do we need? <laughs> Go ahead. In our home, mm-hmm. a ninja creamy. <laughs> Before you answer the question, yeah. how do you feel about the question now? This is an okay question to ask, I, I think. I don't love the word creamy. I don't either. It's okay. also spelled with an I, which I Makes really don't like. Just M-I? Yeah. Okay. I really don't like. What is like. it? But again, don't worry about that yet. How do you feel about this question that I brought up unprompted in the beginning of the podcast? I think it's a real left turn. But, but it's not an um, ill-advised yes, pass, is it? It's not an ill-advised exactly. pass. It's completely it's benign. Yeah. This is a benign question. It's like a back shoulder pass, right? Like it's in the right spot. Hey, bud. Yeah, yeah. You're over your quota. What did I say? Okay. Um, anyway, do we need one of these? This what is, is it? It's an ice cream maker. It's an ice, but it's like a small, it only makes like this size. I'm showing you like the size of like a pint, basically, for those of you okay. who obviously are just it listening to this on the podcast. It's an ice cream making machine. Okay. But I, it has very much taken off in the past couple of years. This is classic us. We're like two years late to this product. So we don't even have to worry about the fact that it's like out of stock because all the TikTok people are talking about it. Oh, it's a TikTok thing. It went it went nuts. It went bonkers on TikTok apparently like two this years is, ago. This is actually this is our... Us. We're, we're so we're good We're not at on TikTok. Nope. So we get... We get all the TikToks up two years later. Exactly. And, and then usually it is back in stock by the time it makes its way over to these old fogies. Yeah. I is was that listen- a, okay appropriate? I don't know what that means. Fogies? Is this an old person? Yeah, sure. Old foggies. Like they're just. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let's do the safer option, which is old these foggies. old foggies. Also, The Fog or The Mist, which movie's better? Oh, I can't remember the difference. <laughs> the f- what's, uh, what's the boat one? Uh, the Mist? That's I can't the worst remember either. one. Yeah. Um, anyway. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was watching an interview and they were talking about the flexible diet life, I think is his name on Instagram and TikTok. But he basically makes all these like much healthier alternatives to like chocolate chip cookies or whatever. You're in the new year vortex, aren't you? I am in some of it, but also like, you know, I eat a lot of sugar, I'm just gonna be honest. And I think I could probably eat less of it as I'm getting older. So I'm looking for alternatives to replace that. And ice cream is something I absolutely love, but like, you know, 
I should be eating like a healthier How version. How much money are we talking here? It's 220 euros, I believe. So it's not that expensive. But that's over the, that's like a, I got to think about it. It is amount. exactly. Yeah. But okay. I also, I was more bringing it up for the podcast. We're four minutes in and everyone doesn't care at all about this, but I think they're having <laughs> they're fun. Like, here they are they're again. just listening to their two favorite foggies <laughs> talk like, hey, about could things. you guys just have this conversation in your own damn kitchen? <laughs> this is our kitchen. On your own damn time. This is our kitchen. Welcome to our kitchen. <laughs> These conversations don't happen. You're in our kitchen. Outside of the Let's podcast. Let's be honest. Half of you are in your own kitchen the right now. Why I bring this up is I just want you to imagine your life with like uh Can you turn delicious... anything into ice cream? Yeah, exactly. What That's do you what do? How do you flavor it? You just add your own ingredients. You make tiramisu ice cream if you what? want. Yeah, you make cookie dough ice cream if you want. You just have to experiment and try a whole bunch of things. Oreo well, ice do, cream. I do like that part. But it's and also like we could make it with nut Why milks. is it healthier? Because you can put your own things in it. So you're not buying. And also, you've been to the grocery store with me here in Portugal, especially they our local. They don't have great ice cream. Don't have great ice cream. A lot of it's actually just gelato, not ice cream, which is totally fine. But, like, we're ice cream people. But you can make, like, we can choose, like, okay. what type of sugar goes in. Yeah. So we could use stevia. We, we got to move what type on from this, but I will tell you something. Yeah. I'm interested. Right. That's what I thought. I think it's a little manipulative that you brought me here in front <laughs> of our friends to ask me the question. I also, I just thought it would be fun to say Ninja Creamy. I don't know why you want to say cream. Yeah, see, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, also, Did, if we buy it, we're going to call it the cream eye. We're is this the ninja chop thing? Is uh, this different? Or no, the bu bullet. The ninja, ninja bullet. bullet. Same company. Same company. Same company. Okay. We had a ninja bullet 10 years ago, whenever okay. those things were. Also, three years late to that party, too. How did this relate to the stand mixer? Um, it's a similar addition to our home I that see. we make uh, a collaborative decision on and we decide. I still have not purchased a stand mixer. I'm not sure I'm going to. So this is going to push back your stand mixer decision. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. If we're going to get creamy up in here. I already hate it. <laughs> Honestly, it might be a no. <laughs> hey, do you want some cream eye ice cream tonight? It's a no. I'm sorry. <laughs> for that reason. And for I'm that out. reason, I'm out. Let's get into this episode. We are talking about taking a side project, not an ice cream maker, no. to the foreground of a business yes. and of what you're working on. And hopefully, if you're listening, you know, this could be not just a project. It could be like an offer that has just bit gotten a little bit of your attention before and you want to make it your main thing. It could be a whole other business that you've been doing on the side that you're like ready to give your all to anything that you feel like has been a little bit on the back burner yeah. and you're ready to front burner that thing. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect time because uh, we're as we're recording this, it's the beginning of the year. It's when you get that new year, new energy excitement, but this episode could be listened to at any time. If someone was just like, Oh, I want to hear someone talk about taking a side project to a full-time project. What does that look like? Like, what are you thinking about? What are the mindset things you're doing? How are you prioritizing it? Wh like, what are the specific steps that you're working on? And then how do you even define, like, where you want to go with it? Yeah. So those are all the things we want to share today. And this is very top of mind and real time for what we're going through in our business right now. Because in case you didn't catch the last episode, which was all about our 2023 in review, we yeah. touched on this a bit. But one of our big goals for the new year. Besides getting the creamy. Besides getting it. We got to rename it. <laughs> Honestly, we got to rename it. A mm, I can't do it. Creamai? A cream. No, I don't nope, even like okay. that. We'll workshop it. Yeah. Uh, but one of our goals for 2024 is to really devote a lot of our attention to bringing our second business, which is called Teachery, and making that more of a primary focus. Yeah. And also just a, so Teachery is an online course software. Yes. It has been around since 2014 is when I co-founded it. If you know Teachable, if you know Kajabi, yeah. if you know these Thinkific, these platforms. Yeah. That Tea is exists. the core of what Tree does as a platform. And I think there are many people listening to this who are like, oh, 
you guys have a software product or, oh, like I didn't even know Tea Tree existed. That's totally fine. Again, it has been a side project. It has never been something we have spent a lot of time on. Uh, so just want to give a quick review of what it is, how it started, and then we'll get into how we're making the shift. Yeah. Sound good? Take us back to 2014. Uh, I basically wanted to make my first online course and it was about helping people get paid, uh, paying sponsorships. I looked around the platforms there really wasn't much available. Uh, and all I wanted to do was have something that looked good. Mm -hmm. And even the ones that are available, you couldn't make it look good. So I said, I'm going to give myself a couple hours in Photoshop. I was allowed to work in Photoshop in at this Photoshop. time. Yeah. Just so you know, Tea Tree was made in, in Photoshop. Photoshop. I would say Photoshop, uh, what are we at? Like probably like six at that time, oh, maybe? Oh, who knows? Just... Anyway, uh, so I literally just designed it myself. I have a small graphic design background. I'm no, no comparison to Carolina design wow. skills. Um, and I just put together this page and I sent it to people. And my question to them was, does this course look interesting to you? I right. wasn't asking about the, and they were like, what platform is this? There's right. always a question I kept getting like, asked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The course is was, fine. But like, what did you make this? I was then? like, no, no. I want to know if you like, uh, cause I put copy in there. I was like, does this read well? Like, and they're like, no, no. Like, how did you make it look like this? And I was like, well, it's a PSD file at the <laughs> moment. So it doesn't look like anything. I had a developer. I, I said co-founder. I founded it by myself. I had a developer create a WordPress website based on that Photoshop file. It paid $2,000 for that to come into existence. Nice. That was the start of Tea Tree. No one else could really use it. This is your it, own custom course theme. Exactly. I did end up cloning that site for a couple people for them to use on their own. Um, that didn't go necessarily well because it was just very cobbled together. But anyway, at a, a conference a couple months after that, we met a developer who came up to me. His name was Gerlando. And he basically said, this is in uh, Fargo, North Dakota of all places. He said, hey, I'm a developer. I followed some of your weird projects over the years. If you ever have anything that you're working on, like, and you need a developer, I'd just love to work with you on something. And I was like, actually, my friend, I do have I something do have that's kind thing. of interesting. So we started working on Tea Tree. Uh, Gerlando built the very first version. Wow, was it ugly. Uh, you know, he had really not a lot of development skills. I had absolutely no app building skills or product building skills. Also, I was still designing So by your powers Photoshop. combined, you made a nice... Uh, a nice, ugly looking ugly software product. Software product. Good yeah. job. And in the first year, Tea Tree made a whopping... $500. Congratulations. And it That's was not nothing. It was not nothing. It also, again, it was just a side project. Like both of us had full-time gigs that we were working on. We we're working on it like late hours, sending messages back and forth via email, essentially at the time. This is before Slack existed. So like, I think we were also like Skyping to talk about it, which like tells you the time of it. Um, in year two, Tea Tree started to get a little bit of steam, tiny bit of steam, and it made $5,000 total. So we 10 x revenue. Way to go. Year two, exciting. 10X revenue. Didn't really do much. I think I was literally just talking about it on Twitter was the only growth mm -hmm. uh, thing. But it was like offhandedly like, hey, I made this course. And people would say, oh, how'd you make that course? Like, oh, I have a course software that I created. You know, And yada, I mean, yada. you benefited tremendously from it just wasn't a crowded marketplace at the time. There was really... No. And Not I give, a lot of people doing it. I give credit to like a couple other people like David Seitman Garland at that uh -huh. time was like a course creator that was selling a ton of courses. He even did the same thing I did. He made his own version of a course platform because he wanted it a certain way. And his was also like a WordPress plugin to start. Yep. But this is when you started to see people like Teachable pop up. But it, the name of the uh, company at that time was Use Fedora. Right. Uh, then we, you know, we had always been Tea Tree. It has never had a different name. I remember us driving the day that we came up with the name Tea Tree in the car. Uh, and then they changed the name to Teachable. We're not salty about it, but it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> but in case you were wondering how that went down. Anyway, year over year, Tea Tree has just continued to evolve, to grow. Uh, in 2020, uh, we spent the entire year, you redesigned the entire interface to be something so much more beautiful. We had a development team that basically re-engineered the application. It's so much more usable and friendly and customizable. So it took a big leap. 
all time since that very beginning in 2014, Tea Tree has made $819,000 as a side project. Wow. So that's 10 years. So it's an average of, you know, $80,000 a year. Um, that's a side project. That's pretty awesome. Now, it has probably cost close to that amount of money yeah. to to run it. We would have to go back to the financials to see what the net yeah. it's, profit it's, is. But. It's definitely been a profitable business because, yeah. you know, we haven't had to put too much into it. But it has just been very interesting. That's the first time I've looked at the total revenue that Tea Tree has made. Yeah, I couldn't have told you. In a long time. Um, I think I don't have this figure in front of me. But last I looked at it, which I believe was like mid-year last year, Tea Tree has helped people sell $10 million worth of courses. So cool. Which is awesome. Like to me, I care about that metric, oh, especially as a side project more than anything else. Um, our highest ever monthly recurring revenue with teacher was in March of 2022 at $12,300 nice. in monthly money. Um, and then our current monthly recurring revenue has dropped down to $10,700. Uh, and then a total all-time paying customers of teacher from, and I don't think this is necessarily true from the very beginning, but I think it's close. 1,348 total people have ever paid for teacher at least once. That's the nitty gritty. Which is fun. So I think it's just... It's interesting to share all that for context because I love having all this to look back on mm -hmm. when we are two, three, four, five years removed from now because where we're starting now is the revenue is slightly on the decline. Right. Our, we have zero For growth. the longest time, it was on the slight incline doing no marketing. And that's what I was just going to say. We have never had content marketing. Right. We have never done any type of growth initiative. I tried Facebook ads once in like 2018 for a month. And I just hated the process of it. I had I was paying someone to do it. They did a great job, but I just really hated yep. doing that work. We do have a referral program, so people yep. can refer, but we don't promote it at all. Yeah. And so that's just word of mouth. I hope the main takeaway here is, yes, all these numbers are nice, but I think it's worth just saying, like, in the 10 years that Teacher has existed, we have basically done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and we have worked on the product. We've made the product as good as two people can possibly make it in their side project time. And I hope you listening to this, if you have a side project, you can kind of relate to a lot of this. Maybe your side project hasn't made $800,000 over the course of 10 years, but maybe your side project has only existed for one year and you're at that $500 mark. And yeah. so you're right where we were at the beginning. And I hope that this episode is, is something that inspires people to go, yeah, I do want to take my side project and 10 exit from $500 last year to $5,000 this year. That's a great jump. And if you're not necessarily spending all of your time on it, that's a nice little bump in revenue. However, there's also something that we're doing, which is really shifting it to the forefront, which is what we want to talk about. Exactly. Because we want to get across the idea of what do you do when you see something in your business that has potential or you have another business that has potential and you just can't let go of it yet. Because sometimes in business, there's a moment where you just go, okay, that didn't really do what I thought it was going to do. I'm just going to kind of let it go. But this episode is for those of you who see potential in some aspect of your business and you know you want to cultivate that potential and you just go, but how? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want this episode to be about is telling you exactly how we're thinking about how do you go from something being a side project and kind of an afterthought to being the first thing that you wake up in the morning thinking about so that you can actually cultivate that potential. Yeah. Because we might end up at the end of 2024 and it doesn't grow at all. And we spent this whole year focusing on it and nothing really happened and that's okay. But at least we gave it a good shot. We gave it a good shot. Yeah. We have never in the 10 years that Teacher has been around, we have never given it a full shot. Yeah. The biggest shot we gave it was 2020, but that was all internal. Exactly. Like there was still not a single piece of content created. And that was our, the whole idea in 2020 of redesigning the app was let's give it a good shot, but we know that the product doesn't look 
where it needs to. And so we put, poured all that energy, but then we were so exhausted from that prod process that we didn't take the time to then go market that right exactly and we are also juggling two businesses which i think is the reality if you're someone who has a business that's a side project and you're just like i don't know how much time i have to spend on this again maybe this is the year that you're amping that up a bit okay well that is a very good point that we don't have in our notes here that i think is worth a little side tangent which is this is where we're getting into the ninja creamies (laughs) it's not in the note list (laughs) The reason why 2024 is the right time for us to take this full time is because now our other business, Wandering Aimfully, like the flywheel is fully spinning. That business is predictable. It is, you know, um, just fully. Yeah, it functions very well as a business. It functions very well as a business. It's predictable. It doesn't mean it's hands off. Right. You know, it just means that we know what we're doing. We know what fuels the business and we can do that. There's not a lot of effort and growth mentality that needs to go towards that business, which makes this year the perfect year to then transition and go, okay, now where do we put our growth energy? It's like we have maintenance energy and growth energy. WAME functions really well with some maintenance energy, but where are we going to apply our growth energy? And so I do think it is worth taking a moment. If you do have this thing that you want to take more full time, just ask yourself, is it realistic? Are my other kind of things that I have going right now, my other priorities, are they more in maintenance mode where I do have the bandwidth to now take this full time? Because if they aren't, what can you do to get them to a maintenance mode or what can you prune and cut? Because don't, you know, don't be like us last year, which was we thought that would be the well, year yeah, that Tea Tree grew. I think this is a good, uh, like, kind of next step in this. And and I think this is just giving anyone listening to this permission to this year might not be the year that you take your side project all the way from back burner to front burner. But maybe you just, like, scooch it. Mid-burner. You scooch it. And so what we did last year is we scooched. So we scooched. in 2023, we went from not working on Tea Tree consistently at all. I worked on it pretty much every day for at least an hour a day doing customer support working with our developer, making sure that the wheels didn't fall off the app. Yep. But again, there's no growth, there's no marketing. It's just literally talking to customers and our developers. Um, so what we decided to do in 2023 was let's carve out one day a week that both of us are going to work on Tea Tree at a bare minimum. It's Tea Tree Fridays, and we're going to at least meet every week to talk about if we have time to work on something, what are we working on? Yep. And so we started off the year, I think, pretty well. Mm-hmm. And we decided, okay, well, there's you know a big missing piece of this. We want to create themes. This is something we've talked about for a long time, which is pre-designed courses. Okay, that's not a growth or a marketing, or we think it could be a growth thing if it's like on the homepage and enticing people to sign up, but we got to like build this out and whatever. So we literally spent months working on that. And I think what that led us to was just like, we don't have the time and bandwidth right now to work on Tea Tree. And we kind of the wheels kind of fell off and yeah. focusing on that time which again i'm i'm hopeful in sharing this you just hear that like that's okay that's okay like it's so easy to hear these stories of like perfectly linear growth from yeah. something from nothing to something like we're talking about 10 years of finally getting to tea tree getting full-time attention yeah and this is also part of the whole idea of you know calm business growing steady which is scooching is okay yeah you sometimes it is a gradual transition we are not the zero to 60 people it's like we needed that little bit of transition to test our you know dip our toe in the water of what would it feel like to try to work more on tea tree and you know we ended up at the end of the year going we did not make the progress we wanted to let's learn from that and let's decide to now make a bigger shift because we did the little scooch we tried the scooch first And I I think part of the thing that we've gotten to, and and maybe you listening to this can relate to this, is like we've never given Tea Tree the full shot, its full chance. And I feel like 2024 is the year that we're saying like 
the product is going to stay virtually the same with, you know, improvements and there are features we want to add it, but they're going to be smaller things. We're going to give it the full external growth marketing promotion shot that it has never had. Yeah. Is it going to grow to meet the goals that we have, which we'll talk about at toward the end of this episode? Um, and if it does, great, then let's keep working on it. But if it doesn't, and we've given it a year to work on it, and it has existed for this long, and maybe it doesn't work, then that's okay. At least we gave it a shot, and now we know we're going to work on something else or whatever it looks like. Definitely. So, um, where do you want to go from here? Well, I want to say there are basically like four main points that we want to hit home in this episode, just to give people a lay of the land of where we're headed. You going to repeat my points that I already said earlier? Did you say them earlier? Yeah. You you listed all of them? Yeah. But that's okay. You uh, you know why you don't you don't remember? Why? Because you were thinking about the creamy, and you were like, <laughs> I was like, tiramisu man, ice cream, tiramisu ice cream. That yeah, sounds delicious. That. Yeah. Okay. Let's so let's just move forward in the the rest of this okay. first point. Let's dive in first to okay. the biggest thing, which is how are you prioritizing your time? Yeah. And so this is the first thing that we looked at when we said let's move this from a back burner to a front burner because really what you're saying is when you say back burner front burner is you're talking about priorities and when you talk about priorities you're talking about schedules and time yeah how much time are you carving out for this thing that you want to grow yeah and so with us ba balancing these two businesses wandering gameplay and tea tree wandering gameplay for the past five years has always come first tea tree has been far in the back last year it moved scooched a little bit forward this year we're scooching it all the way forward mm -hmm. now that doesn't mean we're not working on wandering gameplay and we're not going to show up for our members we're still going to do our monthly coaching we still have our, un our unboring accountability game we're still going to send our emails we're still going to do our weekly videos for our members only everything will probably feel exactly the same to wandering gameplay it's exactly it's just what i said before which is all of those things that jason just mentioned they are well-oiled machines. Right. They are repeatable actions. They are predictable. So there's no, there's nothing to figure out. There's only work to be done and, you know, attention to be paid. And that's fine. Yeah. But teachery is this other ball of wax where there's everything to figure out, right? Exactly. There's so much uncertainty. And so that takes effort. And so the big difference is we are not just going to be, you know, paying attention to tea tree on Fridays, right. we are going to be paying attention to tea tree basically Monday through Thursday. So exactly. we're swapping it. So before it was sort of like WAME Monday to Thursday, tea tree on Fridays. Now we're swapping it. So it's tea tree Monday through Thursdays and then WAME on Fridays. Yeah. One of the biggest things that we are going to focus on is working on our business, not in our business. And so when you're working in your business, this is like the processes, servicing clients, working on the product, like all the things that, that a lot need of people, to be done. Yeah, they need to be done, but like people can't see and it's not really helping you necessarily grow that much. What we need to focus on is the bigger strategy of Tea Tree. What are the marketing things we want to do? What's the vision? What separates it from these other platforms? So I think this is very easy, especially with a side project. It's like, oh, I only have like a couple hours a week. All I can do is the in the business stuff, but right. it's the on the business stuff that takes it from a side project to a full-time project. And that's where you do realize you have to carve out the time. You have to make the time. So if, if you have a project right now that has only been a side project, what's probably happening is you're only carving out the amount of time necessary to do the in the business stuff, right? You're just like, okay, I got to fill these orders or I got to do X, Y, and Z. Those are the urgent things. And so I do that. And that's sort of where you stop because other things need your attention. But until you start to carve off more of your schedule to be working on that business or to be working on that product or on that offer, like it's going to take intentional effort to try to carve out that bubble of time because it's not just going to happen organically. And that's the biggest thing that we learned about last year is, wow, we need to block off a lot more time and attention than we thought to in order to not just do the things that 
you know, would keep the wheels on, but to actually grow it. Because you wrote down this point, and I think this is, you know, kind of what I, my hope was three or four years ago was that teachery was this boulder that had momentum and it was just like going uphill by itself. And so we were going from, you know, $8,000 recurring revenue per, per month to the next year would be 9,000 to the next year would be 10,000. And it just kept linearly going up through word of mouth. But then it really did hit this point in 2022 where it just stopped. It stopped rolling. And it just, and, and that is the momentum has stopped, which is totally fine because I don't think it necessarily means the teachery as a product has gotten worse. I think it just means we have maxed out the amount of organic reach that we have through our small customer list, through our small email list. And there is a little bit of a reality that, you know, when you join Wayme, you get T-Tree as well. So people probably maybe might be thinking like, oh, I'll join Wayme and not join, you know, buy T-Tree by itself. So all those things kind of just led us to say like, okay, this thing has lost its momentum on its own. We need to focus on it. And so I think that in itself is also a big shift which I think would lead us into some mindset shifts to talk about here. Yes. So once we decided, okay, it starts with our time and our schedule and just carving out more time to start pushing this boulder back uphill again, that's step one. So for you, the action step is if you really want to take this thing and make it more of a focus, you simply have to come up with a way that in your schedule, you can find that extra time. So whatever that looks like for you, for us, it's like the Monday through Thursday, Friday thing. But for you, maybe it's like, I work on this, you know, the first hour of the day or carving out that time in your yeah, whatever schedule. whatever it looks like for you. But if I could give you any piece of advice that we learned from last year, make it at the beginning of whatever that is. So yeah. make it at the beginning of the day or make it at the beginning of the week or the beginning of the month instead of the end of everything. Yeah. Moving on to mindset. So that was step one. Step two was now for me personally, I had to make the shift in my mind because in in my mind for so many years now, for five years now, it's been wandering aimfully is the thing we're trying to grow and teachery is kind of the thing that's on the side. But what I've realized is I need to intentionally try to shift my mindset to, oh, no, I am a software co-founder who also has an online coaching business instead of, I have an online coaching business and I have a software product on the side, right? right? It's that mental shift of, so for you, maybe it's like, I'm an online coach, um, you know, who does art on the side. What I'm saying is for this year, if you want your art business to grow, try embodying the identity of I'm an artist who has an online coaching business yeah. on the side and making that shift in your own mind. I think it does change the way that you wake up every morning. I think it changes the way that you bring passion to your work. I think it changes the the way that you just approach all of the tiny actions that have to happen in order for you to grow this business because you're putting on the identity of a person who is going to be doing those things. Yeah. And I think what's really interesting from my side of this is the person who has been working on an NT tree for the past 10 years consistently is it's just like it's like a routine like anything else in my life for me now where like there's really no excitement to it but there's no negativity to it either. It's just like, I get up, I do this thing, I move on, I go to the next task or whatever. But now that you're working on it, I'm like, ooh, I'm kind of excited. Like I have a buddy now to like yeah. help me work on this project. And that's when Gerlando was working on Teachery, we parted ways, I think in like 2019. Amicably. Um, amicably, totally fine. It was like, I lost a little bit of that like excitement, you yeah. know? And I, and I do think, you know, for anybody who might be, again, in this position of taking a side project to a full-time project, whether you have someone who's a partner in the business or maybe you just need to find like a biz buddy. You yeah. just need to find someone who can go, okay, what are you working on? Are we kind of at the same level a little bit here? So it's not like you're having whole different problems than I'm having. Let's work on this together. Let's have like a weekly call. Let's have something. Yeah. Because I know for us, that's one of the things that just gets us so excited is, 
I may be bringing a bunch of negativity to our weekly meeting because like I've had bad customer support interactions or something that day, or I'm just having a bad day. But you're like excited. Like you right. watched a video that you're like, hey, I saw this SaaS founder talk about this new way of doing like, you know, growth tactic to grow your email list. Like you want to try that? And I'm like, okay, this has completely shifted in totally. me. You know what I'm thinking about? What's shifting in you? <laughs> what is Throw shifting in you? Um, yeah. And I think there's also tremendous value in that tying it back to the mindset aspect because what I wrote down here is for me personally, even though I want to acknowledge that this whole shifting your mindset thing or shifting your identity, it's a lot easier said than done. So when I tell you, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, I'm a software co-founder. I'm a software, I'm a SaaS co-founder. I'm a, I am a marketer. I'm a SaaS marketer. It's like, that doesn't resonate with me yet because I don't feel, I feel that imposter syndrome, right? Because I just feel like I don't have the um, you know, the years of experience under my belt to be able to feel like that, that hits me in like a true place. But the benefit of working with you is, yeah, but you are there to remind me that I have been doing marketing for a, you know, over a decade that I do have all this experience mm -hmm. as a designer, that I do have all this experience of watching you with Tea Tree over the years and strategizing with you. And so in those moments when I doubt myself, I think it can be really helpful to have a buddy who can see you from the outside looking in and going like, kind of backing you up and being like, okay, I know that this mindset and this identity doesn't land with you yet, but I'm here to cheer you on and encourage you because also I know the only way to change that imposter syndrome is to do things exactly. as that SaaS co-founder in order to feel legitimate and competent and confident. Exactly. And it's like, you know, five years ago or six years ago now when we started Wayne, like you calling yourself a business coach probably felt exactly like it feels calling yourself a SaaS right. co-founder now. You it's know? new, exactly. Exactly, and you're like, well, I, I don't know that I had the experience to do that or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you do. Like, you've done enough things. It's just packaging in that way and then, like, doing that work repetitively. And this is where I obviously just bring the, like, you know, male confidence that just, like, you know, stupidly naturally have. But I'm like, yeah, we can do this. You know, like, yeah. I believe that we can do this because we're just as smart as the majority of other people who run software projects who build them and sell them or whatever and, and live great lives doing that. I just fully believe that there's not that much different here. And all we have to do is find our right customer base. We have to find our right messaging. We have to make sure the product is good enough. And then we have to be focusing on doing things to attract more people to this platform. Yeah. And I also think, you know, what are the ways that you're then cultivating that mindset? So for me, it is, and this is a kind of a double-edged sword, so you have to be careful here, but like it's consuming media about that topic. It is educating myself because to me, kind of immersing myself in that world where I know the language that's spoken mm -hmm. and like I don't want to be so entrenched in that that I just start thinking like every other SaaS co-founder I want to retain some of our like outsider status so that we can think differently but part of it is speaking the language and knowing what people are saying so that I feel more competent and so for you again if you're if it's your art thing on the side that you're trying to embody you're this artist it's like okay is it consuming a few more artist content or is it taking some classes or just starting to feel like you are immersing yourself in that world so that you're really what you're doing is you're giving your brain some real world tangible evidence that you are embodying this new identity and that's going to change the way that you show up to this project so that it takes on more of a primary role in your mind yeah I also just uh, have for years leaned on this too which is just this idea of action taking and just like how much that makes you feel like you've accomplished something, even yeah. if maybe the revenue doesn't necessarily pan out. Totally. So I think for a software project, it's going to be very easy to see the metrics every week and we check the metrics every week and be like, oh, we're not seeing all that stuff. But it's like, yeah, but look at our list of action steps that we've done. Like these will add up to something, especially yeah. when they are working on the business action steps 
not working in the business action steps. And it's okay if they don't, because like we said, let's say it's the end of 2024, the revenue hasn't budged, but we have a laundry list of things that we tried and experiments we ran and actions we took. At least then I'll be able to look back and say, okay, we gave it a good shot and it added up to the learning that maybe this is the wrong path to go down and that's okay. But what I don't want is to end this year looking back and being like, well, we didn't do much. Exactly. Which that's is kind what of what I, we felt like last year. It's kind of what we felt like last year. And like, to me, that's, that's the thing that I'm trying to avoid at all costs. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to the third part of this, uh, which is talking about turning vagaries into specifics. And what I wanted to kind of point out about this is that side projects, and I think for a lot of you listening to this, maybe you feel this way, maybe you don't, and you will after I say it, is that your side project can kind of feel nebulous. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like it's super specific to who you're targeting, what problem that project solves or what specific focus it is. Um, and I think even for Tea Tree, like what we're running into is we're looking at this and be like, who is our exact customer, and you I know? And like, what, why are they choosing Tea Tree? Like what's the number one reason why? We have our assumptions, but I think when it's a side project, you just don't know. And so I think turning it into a full-time project, we want to turn that kind of, you know, nebulousness into a specific. Yeah. And I think why this happens, the, the metaphor that comes to mind for me is you're just sort of painting in broad strokes because you only have this little amount of time and mm. effort and discipline to put towards this side thing. Cause it's just a side thing. It's right. not, it's not a priority. You only get like two minutes to put you paint on. You get two on. minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just like scratching in kind of your loose brush strokes to like be a like happy squirrel over here. Exactly. And a you're long, not painting the detail of every here. little thing. Cause you don't have the time to. And so you do end up with this, like you said, this vague idea of, Oh, I do art or, Oh, I have this uh, ebook that I'm writing and you're sort of like, well, what is it and who is it for and, and how am I marketing it? And so you don't have time to drill down into all those specifics. And so one of the best things that you can do in order to take something that is not a priority and make it a priority is to really get clear and, and emphasize clarity on who is this for? What actually is it? You know, and we'll talk about in a second where you're trying to go with it. Mm -hmm. But I think goal setting is like a part of that. So for us, for Tea Tree, the first place that we're going back to, and this is the same thing we teach inside of Wandering Aimfully Unlimited with our Unboring Business Roadmap is go back to the foundation. So who are you talking to? Who yeah. is your audience? What is the problem you're trying to solve? And so for us, January of this year is really a lot about getting back in touch with our customers, identifying the best customers we have with Tea Tree. I wouldn't say it's getting back in touch with them. In touch. It's getting, getting in, in touch with them. <laughs> How, hey, 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 uh, you're... You're using Tea Tree. What's up? What's up? Hey, How's it remember going? us? Yeah. Okay, what's up? And so really finding out, you know, what were they, what solution were they looking for when they found Tea Tree? Why did they choose Tea Tree? What problem does it help them solve? What are the best parts about it? What are the things that frustrate them about it? And like, we don't know that right now. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're focusing a lot on customer interviews and surveys and just establishing a line of communication with our customers. And that's where we would tell a lot of people to start. Yeah. And and I think the reality here is, you know, we can share, you know, we have an active group of, let's call it 150, 200 customers that are paying right now for Tea Tree. Um, that number that I gave you earlier of total, that's overall customers all the, you know, over 10 years. But right now it's between 150 and 200. So that's a small pool. And so for you listening to this with your side project, maybe you've only had 50 people purchase your product, or maybe it's less than that. But maybe you're also someone who's had more than that. And I think the goal is, is that what you're trying to figure out is what we're trying to figure out is what's the like the very common specific thread of 
who is the person, who is the, 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 what problem were they looking for when they found your solution of whatever it is? And then why did they buy? Like what led them to be like, yes, this is the hell yes to move forward. And so for us, we really want to figure that out. I firmly believe that it's going to just reassure a lot of our own assumptions that we have. But I think even that in itself is a huge leap forward because then you go, great, this has confirmed everything that we thought based on customer data. Let's move forward. And the side part of that, which we didn't even write down, but I think is so important is not just from like a marketing puzzle strategy perspective, but just from a perspective of your own passion. When you get in touch with customers, when you get in touch with people that you're actually helping, I find that it just fuels you so much because when you're working on business, it can get very easy to get lost in the puzzle of just business, right? And you can easily forget like the whole point of it is to serve people and to help them and to contribute to a bigger mission. And so part of going back to our customers for tea tree or or getting in touch with our customers, the (laughs) tea tree is getting me excited for, it's not just about tea tree being this side project for us. This is about, it's a utility for people. It helps people monetize their creative skill. It helps people build a flexible online course business, which we have, you know, in our own experience, seeing the benefit that that's had on our life. And so a part of that is just talking to real customers and getting excited again about the mission of Tea Tree. And so I'm really excited for that part too. I don't think I know the answer to this question. Have you ever done any type of customer interviews before? No. Yeah. So I was just thinking, I've only done it one time and it was for Buy My Future. Yeah. And I did 49 Skype calls. Yeah. Uh, Also dates the time when I did these. Uh, And I remember thinking like, I don't necessarily need to do these. Like I, I knew that this idea was going to be interesting and compelling, but I did the calls and it was so interesting to find out when I told people about the idea, I started hearing how they talked about it. And yes. then I started hearing about like everyone wanted a community. They're like, oh, yeah. I just, you know, like if I'm going to buy this, like I hope there's other people like me that I can be around because I don't want to be on Twitter. You know, and this is even back in like 2015. Yeah. So imagine how people feel now, but I think what's going to be really interesting about these calls is you're going to be the one leading the charge on these calls. I'm excited because I talk to teacher customers every day through through chat, but I've never gotten on phone calls with them. But I'm excited to see like what you feel after that. Yeah. That now we kind of both have this energy that we're getting from customers in different ways and what that will lead to as kind of fuel to work on the product and work on, you know, our plans for it. Exactly. Which parlays nicely into the final step here, which I think is crucial in trying to make your side project more of a full-time project. Scooching it. To scooch it. Yeah. And that's just identifying where did, where is it that you want to go? Setting goals for not only just where is it you want to go, like what are you actually trying to do with growing it, but why? Yeah. You know, like I think that is really important because just saying to yourself, I mean, maybe this is a good enough reason. I'm not gonna here to judge your reason. But I was just thinking to myself, if you're just like, oh, well, I ha- this thing is just a side project and I want to make it bigger – Maybe that's a good enough reason, but I think it's helpful to go, well, why do you want to make it bigger? Yeah. And I think for us, you know, uh, part of the reason why I'll jump a little bit forward here on for Teachery is, you know, there isn't a, you know, a reality to running a monthly coaching business requires us to show up every single month for our members. I don't think that's possible for us 10 years from now, you know, especially having kids and like, there's going to be a lot less time. And so Teachery is a tool a utility that people can use without us being there right and so the reality is trying to look ahead many years and go well then this should probably be the thing that generates the bulk of our revenue and that's not to scare any way off we're going to be here for you for many years and providing tons of value but i think the reality is just looking a little bit further down the road so we need to start now 
so that we can be prepared for that shift in a few years. Exactly. And my way of putting this is, to me, it's about diversification yeah. of revenue because I don't know what the future holds, but I do know that I want to have options yeah. and different types of businesses give you different types of flexibility. Are you saying that you don't think my baked goods business is going to make enough money? It certainly could. Yeah. Do you think I charge $1,000 for a sourdough loaf? <laughs> Just, I'm sure someone out there does. Just one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think one of the things you wrote down here that's helpful as well is that not all side projects need to be full-time things. And so um, even for us, like we want to give Teachery this full year of effort. But at the end of the year, we may realize like it's just not meant to be or it doesn't work or the type of work that we have to do is just not work that we want to do. So we're going to have to pivot to something else and that's okay. Yeah. But I, I really do think it's just one of those things where if you set a goal for yourself of what this side project you want it to become, and we'll specifically say what that is with us for Teachery this year, if you don't hit that, that's okay as well. And as long as you, you know, put forth some great effort toward it, you know that, okay, at least I gave this its chance. And it wasn't just something that always sat in the back of my mind. Yeah. So do, do you want to say what our goal is or before yeah, sure. we recap? Sure. Go ahead. So our goal is to double basically our overall revenue, which kind of doubles our monthly recurring revenue as well. It's a little bit convoluted because when you do software, it's not as clean as just to say like, I want to have double the amount of customers. But really our goal is to double our revenue this year with Tea Tree, which will in essence double our monthly recurring revenue. Um, so that's basically our goal this year. And it's interesting how that's going to happen because, you know, with like a online coaching business type of business, it would be like, Hey, well, we just need more people in our launches. But for this, it's like, well, well actually we need more people to sign up every single month yeah. because it's, you know, a software product, but also we're not doing anything marketing wise for the first like month or so. So like it, it can't, it can't be like, well, 20 more customers this month would be great. It's like, right. yeah, but where would they come from? They would come from nowhere. Yeah. I think what you're trying to hit on there is be realistic. So what we did was we started the year and we said, where would we be happy to end the year with with Teachery? And it's a little bit weird because we keep Teachery's finances separate. And so it's, it's not as easy like for if you're running like a lifestyle business, for example, we often tell you set your enough goal. How much money do you want to make from this business and all that? We're not taking money out of the business for Teachery really. So it's a little bit different where our goals for Teachery are more long-term. Right. And so the financial goals that we're backing up are for that eventuality. And, you know, potentially where could this lead in terms of us having financial security for retirement and yeah. things like that. And so we basically said, what do we feel like is a motivating goal but something that does feel like enough growth right it's always with that enough mindset in mind yeah. if we ended this year like what do we think is realistic but motivating and that we would feel could be done in a steady way not like hyper growth yeah you say double and it sounds like a lot but you're like well when you only when you're just doubling your what you know 140 monthly customers like it's exactly. okay yeah and, and i think this is just like it's such a reality moment for a lot of people when they go, okay, I'm so excited to take my side project and scooch it forward. I'm going to 10X this sucker this year. Right. Like I, I'm, I see other people make six figures with this type of business. So that's what I'm gonna do this year. But you're going from like three figures, you know, you, you made $500 in the first year. That's a very big, huge jump. And so I think for us, like 
this is a very realistic jump that we're trying to make. And that's not to say you can't make that type of jump at all. I'm just saying for us, what we wanted to do was create a goal that, like you said, was motivating, but also felt very realistic. Realistic. So what we did was we took that final goal and then we backed it out by month. And so, and we didn't do that in a linear way. Like Jason was saying, we said, okay, it'll probably take us one to two months to really get those customer interviews going to get any, I mean, the boulder is not moving. (laughs) It it seems like it is just stuck. It is stuck. So it's going to, it's going to be a very slow amount of growth in the beginning. And then hopefully by the second half of the year, it picks up steam a little bit and the growth percentage month over month is higher, right? That's what you hope because that's the whole idea of this boulder is picking up steam. Um, And so we backed that out. So we have monthly milestones and that's just to help keep us on track. But now we know, okay, do we like, I think the value in being able to say, this is where I want to take my side project to a full-time project, back that out by month, because then you can realistically go, okay, if I'm just doing the scooch tactic where I just have one day a week that I'm working on this, but I'm supposed to get 10 more customers per week. Do I really think that one day a week is going to get me 10 more customers a week? You can start to basically kind of, uh, you know, contrast your goals per month or per week with your time that you've allocated going back to that first step we had about your schedule Mm -hmm. and going, does that feel like they're in alignment? Does that feel possible and realistic? And if not, then maybe you need to carve out more time or you need to shave down your goals and to do a much more slow and steady approach. Um, And that's why we always do those in tandem is those, those financial goals with the schedule and time and effort that we're putting forth. So just to recap, if you are in the position like us where you are trying to take something that has been a lower priority and make it a primary focus this year, our recommendations are to number one, look at how you're prioritizing your time and to give your schedule, in your schedule, give that new project, that primary focus more of a priority. The second tip is to really embody the mindset that comes along with you know, making that primary focus your new identity. What are some actions you can take and some cognitive things that you can do in order to more fully embody that mindset? The third one is to turn vagaries into specifics. So does it mean interacting with your customers or is it just about sitting down and carving out some thinking time to say, what's my clarity around who am I talking to and um, what problem my side project actually solves and carving out that time to then number four, identify what your goals are, where you want to take the business, why you want to take it there and break that down into smaller milestone chunks. Yeah. And then circle back to number one and evaluate, do my goals match my time that I have allotted? Nice. Uh, if you are curious, are we going to talk about Teachery consistently this year on the podcast? If you want to follow along in the journey as we try to grow this business. The answer is yes. yes. We believe at this very moment we are going to do one additional email to our email list and one additional podcast episode to you all per month. Correct. So if you want to get on our Wandering Infly newsletter, that is where we'll be sending out the extra newsletter that will have the link to the podcast episode, wanderinginfly.com slash newsletter. And then you don't have to subscribe to any other podcast. You're already subscribed if you're listening to this. Um, but if for some reason you're not, then go ahead and subscribe. And once a month, probably toward the end of the month, we will have kind of a monthly check-in for Teachery, a whole separate episode, a little bit shorter what did we work on? What didn't go well? What went well? So we kind of want to just share the journey of building a SaaS product from, you know, it's already started. It does have, it had some momentum, but the boulder has stopped rolling. What are we doing to try and increase that momentum and hit our goals? And don't worry if you're someone listening to this and you don't have a software product, a lot of these lessons are going to be transferable to if you have an online course business, even if you have a client business, yeah. 
just an online business in general, a lot of what we're working on can be transferable to your business as well. So I think you'll get a lot of valuable nuggets out of that. And if you're just someone who, like us, loves the nitty gritty of of business, mm. so often I just I go looking for people who tell me what you worked on this week. Tell me what your challenges were. And you just can't find a lot of that nitty gritty stuff. And also so. like relatable, you know, like yeah. you run like a 20 million dollar business with 100 employees. I can't relate. That's not what I want. You no. know, like I, I want to find these small businesses. So. That's us sharing those things. Um, also, I believe we'll have a new podcast coming out, probably a whole separate podcast called The Creamy Cast, where we'll just talk about, and you'll be able to Jason. listen to us put together these ice cream recipes. It's just the sounds of us putting together. Yeah, I'm going to put a mic in our kitchen and just record us making ice cream, and you just get to hear us talking about it. If I have to hear you say creamy all the time, it's going to be a no for me. Yeah, that's interesting. It's going to be a no for me to say it all the time. I'm jokingly saying it now, okay, but I well, don't Okay, we need to come like, up with a new word Yeah. that's not that right now if you had to decide yes or no on buying the creamy i'm not going to hold you to this in a court of law is it yes or no i'm interested all right uh by the way if you have one of those send us a message i'd love to know if you like it do or you not. like it is it worth it are we getting a tiktok Wham. influence two, two years, years after because <laughs> that would be that yeah, would, that that would, would sound be like us okay all right that's it for this episode talk to you soon Bye. bye